Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everyone. This is Thursday, June 20th, 2019, and welcome to episode number 208 of the second installment of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. This is the one and the only NWO Wolfpack. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw back on the line here with you as we get set to talk about, of course, our favorite subject of all time, that being, of course, professional wrestling. We, of course, will start things off with our wrestling news and views segment, which will be brought to us by our 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team, King Ice. Represented here tonight by the Ice Band, J.D. Jared DiGirolamo. J.D. is a 2015 and 17 WWS Hall of Famer and also part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoe.com. On the TalkShoe chat box tonight, bringing us, of course, uh, our wrestling history and birthdays for today is the human suplex machine john gross john is of course uh the first 2016 wws hall of famer and also of course another part of the raw radio broadcast team every monday afternoon right here on talkshoe.com before we go any further here ladies and gentlemen with of course our itinerary for this evening let's go ahead and welcome jd and john to what will be a howling good time here tonight on episode number 208 of NWO Wolfpack. Good to be here. Thank you very much, JD. Ladies and gentlemen, our live video feed comes to us tonight from our group dedicated to the American Wrestling Association. That group being, of course, AWA US History Lives. If you care to join us for our live video feed tonight from AWA US, uh, please be sure to join us there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash AWA US history. I do see we have two folks on the on the live video feed right now even as we speak. Uh we'll first welcome Mr. Raymond Otis. Yes, that's his name, uh, to of course the show this evening. We welcome you, sir. And also of course we welcome another WWS Hall of Famer and also of course the GM of Heaven Wrestling Federation and of course a good friend of ours here in WWS. Uh JD speaks highly of him very, very much so and that is of course obviously Captain Dave Spieler. 
Absolutely. Thank you very much. And JD will have more about us in our in of course a plug for Captain Dave here coming up here in a little while. <clears throat> so we welcome them here, of course, this evening to 208 of Wolfpack. Uh coming up here tonight. Uh here uh, of course also if you want to join us through talkshoot.com. I forgot to do that part. Whoops. Blooper time. Uh please be sure to join us, of course, uh by calling in at 1605-562-0444. Call ID 138-521-POUND and press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything we had to talk about here this evening, which will include, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, in addition to our news and views and history and birthdays, we will try to do our best to get some predictions in for, of course, uh, for this Thursday's, uh, I mean, this Thursday's, this set, there I go again, blooper number two in a row, that's a record. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, for this Sunday's, of course, Stomping, Stomping Grounds pay-per-view. We'll talk more about that here in a little while. And also, uh, of course, in addition to some rest and extras, I think J.D. has some unfinished business concerning, of course, what happened Tuesday night on SmackDown, and we'll talk more about that here in just a few moments here as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get rocking and rolling. Let's start, let's start the, the howling at the full moon up there, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, while we go ahead and get set with our first part of the evening with our wrestling news and views here segment and here to bring it here to us from King Ice, as always, the Iceman, Jared D. Geralimo. JD, what's going on here in the wrestling news scene this evening? Some interesting stuff coming out of the Indeed. James C. Cornette has provided an update on the Midnight Express's beautiful Bobby Ean after he was hospitalized late last week. PW Insider reports that Ian was hospitalized on Friday with cardiac issues after waking up with legs and other parts of his body, body swollen. While some reports have been going around claiming that Ian had a heart attack, Cornette proposed to shoot those down. He noted that Ian is suffering from just a heart failure and fluid buildup in his body, which is making his heart have to work harder. Ian is being treated with new medication and the situation is getting better. On behalf of everyone here, our best wishes to Ian for a full, quick recovery, however. Meanwhile, WWE has shown interest, however, in MLW superstar Jacob Fatu. Fatu is a wrestler that everyone believes is going to be a superstar. He's on the radar as well. Fatu, of course, is currently working in the main event uh, scene for MLW as he will face Tom Lawler for the MLW Championship at Kings of Coliseum on July 6th, however. Meanwhile, however, in other news, however, last week, however, tickets for AEW sold out in only 15 minutes, leaving many fans disappointed or going into the second market to attempt to get seats for the show. We previously reported that at the time, it was estimated that AEW could have potentially sold as many as 130,000, 7,600 tickets for the event. The latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that the highest number of people confirmed to be in line for tickets online was 72,500. Although there have been reports of 75,000, and according to ticket people who had the ability to monitor seats, 73,500. Either way, this show had the most activity of when tickets first went on sale of any ticket to a wrestling event in history, and it wasn't even close. The ticketing system had people in a waiting room before tickets went on sale, and they were given a number once the sale began. According to the WON, our one factor may be that WrestleMania and Saints were... The there isn't this level of rush. As for other WrestleMania's in arenas where the WWE is claimed to have sold out in, say, one minute or misleading, similar to AEW sold out, however, double or nothing in four minutes. In both cases, tickets went on sale in a pre-sale the day before, with a few tickets held back for public sale. The tickets that were held back were the ones that sold out quickly. 
All out, however, had a four-ticket minimum, however, and allegedly there wasn't a lot of scalping. At the time the Observer was published, there were 827 tickets on the secondary market with the cheapest price for a $30 ticket going for $133. A normal event in a building the size of the Sears Center would have had that number be around 2,000 tickets, and a big event would be more than that. When breaking down that number of people interested in tickets, 72,500, it is believed that 62,500 of that was organic individual fans, as opposed to things like bots, scalpers, or other ways to inflate a number, which actually accounts for 25% of people waiting for orders for an event with high demand that sells out quickly. However, the percentage was much lower here compared to things like WWE, Hamilton, UFC, or major concerts. The ticket on sale page reportedly wasn't on any of the major ticket broker channels, as wrestling has been close, looked at closely in AEW's an unknown product. The only people who knew about the ticket demand were hardcore fans. Unlike Vegas, however, which had a soft secondary market, it is believed the secondary market for Chicago will stay strong. All in last year, an average of $205 per ticket on the secondary market was sold tickets averaging over four times face value. Meanwhile, however, in other news, however, mind you, however... Lillian Garcia says that AEW, however, in her recent podcast, however, is uh, pretty good for everyone, however, and talks about the Saudi Arabia shows, however. We'll talk more about that here in just a little bit, however. There's quite a bit to talk about that whole thing, however. Meanwhile, Lars Sullivan, however, will be out six to nine months, however, due to his knee injury, however, as Brian Alvarez reported on Wrestling Observer Live today, after an MR revealed that his knee injury suffered last week, however, will keep him out of action until the end of the year into 2020, however, as he will have surgery next week, however. Uh, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. I did see some other news here. Uh, of course, uh, Oh, yes, here we go. The latest edition of the Observer of uh, Wrestling Observer Letter reports that the relationship between AEW and NGPW is not clearly good right now, noting that while one time NGPW is trying to build a relationship with AEW, that is no longer the case. John Moxley could be a point of contention between the two parties. As previously reported, Moxley will not be appearing at the G1 Climax opening show in Dallas on July 6th. Not only that, but he will not also appear at the G1 press conference on July 5 in Arlington, Texas at the Bob Duncan Center. This is the first time that someone in the tournament won't be at the press conference or on the first show. The reason why that he's not appearing on either event is because while his AEW contract allows him to work New Japan Dates Tower, it's only for shows that are in Japan. So far, he's only appeared at Dominion the best of the Super Juniors finals, which were both in Japan. This also means that NJPW put its U.S. title on a wrestler who can't appear for them in the U.S., however. This effectively affected NJPW booking somewhat for the G1. While they're not restricting Aaron Moxley's matches on AXS television, they were forced to put him in the B block because he's not able to appear in Dallas. That means that unless he appears in the house, you will not see Moxley in the likes of Okada or Kaido Obushi until those are booked on uh, other shows. It is currently unknown if Moxley will be recognized as the IWGP US Heavyweight Champion wearing the belt when he shows up at Fighter Fest, but it should be noted that he did not so when he appeared at Northeast Wrestling this past weekend. It will be left up to whether N- or not MJPW and Tony Khan both agree to it. Uh, the topic, of course, came up in regards to Kenny Omega, as there have been no movement on Omega appearing for any New Japan shows in the future, in particular, Russell Kingdom. He was not at Dominion, nor at any other NJPW show this year outside of WK13. Earlier this year, NJPW had visa issues that kept their Japanese talent from appearing on their American tour. AEW was just starting at this time, and NJPW could have held tickets with Omega. Some of the dates happened at a time when Omega was still under contract. A few would have happened over Omega signed with AEW, but at the time, AEW would have had no problem allowing them to work the dates hard. NJPW reportedly didn't think about that and haven't been even tried to bring in Omega this year. 
And finally, however, in the NBA, however, it is a busy night wheeling and dealing, however, in the Brooklyn Center in Brooklyn, New York, however. Zion Williamson, however, went number one, however, as expected, however, to the New Orleans Pelicans, while John Moran, however, went number two to the Memphis Grizzlies, and R.J. Barrett, number three, however, if you will. Some other big names in the NBA lottery, however, of the evening include, of course, however, believe in some other big names. We'll tell you about it here in just a second. We'll pull up the names for you, however, here in just a second. Uh, let's see here. Uh, like I said, however, uh, uh, let's see here. Number four, of course, was of course DeAndre Hunter from Virginia, the defending champion, ACC champion, uh, Cavaliers, and Tony Bennett. However, uh, let's see. Corey White, however, I believe, however, I believe that's his name. Yes, Kobe Col- White, excuse me, went number seven to Chicago. However, mind you. Well, of course, like I said, however, let's see. Some other uh, deals went on as well. We'll try to get some of the names for you here in just a second. However, like I said, in fact, I will call back with some of their names here in just a few minutes as I have to take a call real quick, but I will tell you about some of their names, but those are just some of the names we have seen tonight. Thank you very much there, of course, J.D. And I'll call right and I'll be uh, right back. Okay, thank you very much, J.D. Of course, J.D. along with NWO Gerard T. Smith is King Ice, your 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team. Of course, they bring you all the news that's fit to print here in the WWS Radio Network. And, of course, if the news doesn't fit, they always find a way to make it fit. And, of course, in GTS's case, super glue and duct tape, you cannot beat that old-fashioned combination. J.D. will be back, of course, like I said, momentarily, of course, with the list of, 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 of course, uh, <clears throat> your future NBA stars, of course, from the draft tonight here in just a few moments. In the meantime, let's go ahead and bring you, of course, John's uh, list of, the, of course, our history and birthdays for today, June the 20th. 33 years ago today, which would put it at 1986 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Wayne Ferris, of course, better known as the Honky Tonk Man, defeated Bad News Allen to win the Stampede Wrestling North American Heavyweight title. Ferris holds the title until he leaves for the WWF about two and a half months later, as, as he has moderate success as, of course, I would say the Honky Tonk Man. Of course, when we say moderate, it means, of course, uh, one accolade, of course, for uh, the Honky Tonk Man, of course, he is still considered the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion in the history of the WWF slash WWE. 27 years ago today, which would put it at 1992, WCW presented Beach Blast from the Mobile Civic Center in Mobile, Alabama. 5,000 were in attendance with 70,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That's down from 105,000 homes for Wrestle War 92 a month before. It was around this time WCW began enforcing the no moves from the top rope rule, a rule instituted by WCW senior vice president at the time, Bill Watts. It infuriated fans and wrestlers alike, and it was all for intents and purposes, the killing blow for the light heavyweight division. And speaking of the light heavyweight title, Scotty Flamingo defeated Brian Pillman to capture that belt. And of course, Ricky Steamboat defeated Rick Rude in a 30-minute Iron Man challenge, plus Missy Hyatt defeated Medusa in a bikini contest. Round, round. 22 years ago today, we put it at 1997. In Walton, Massachusetts, the Dudley Boys defeated the Eliminators to win the ECW Tag Team titles. 19 years ago today, put at the year 2000, WWF taped the 100th episode of Sunday Night Heat from the Pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee. Later that later that evening in Memphis at a SmackDown taping, Rikishi won his first singles 
title since coming to the WWF in 1992 by defeating Chris Benoit to retain the Intercontinental title. And also TNA and Trish Stratus defeated the Hardys and Lita. <clears throat> uh, this is, of course, uh, Trish Stratus' first ever match in the WWF. 17 years ago today, put it at 2002, Vince Russo returns to WWE as the head TV writer. He left the WWE for WCW in 1999 while he was the head of writer for the first half of the Attitude Era. He left the company after suffering a concussion a year later and other injuries and, of course, in a cage match against Goldberg. Russo's contract was bought out by Time Warner shortly after the WCW sale in 2001. Time Warner had was paying for Russo's legal fees as part of a lawsuit brought on by Hulk Hogan for his work in the shoot pro, his work shoot promo at Bash of the Beach in July of 2000. Russo would be forbidden to work anywhere else in the wrestling business. Eventually, Vince and Time Warner worked out a deal freeing him from his contract and allowing Russo to return to the WWF slash WWE. But it only lasted for three weeks. Just two days after he was headed creative, he would be put to he would be uh, labeled to as a consultant after suggesting the re rebooting the WCW invasion angle. Russo stated that in 2015 that Triple H was the one that caused Russo's quick demise. Another theory suggests that Russo engineered his own departure from the WWE so he could join TNA where he would land shortly after his release. He had multiple stints in, with that company, the first ending following Victory Road in November of 2004 and the second from 2006 to 2012 and the third from 2013 to 2014. Spike TV was not happy with Russo, and the outing called TNA being booted from the network. 14 years ago today, we put it at 2005 on Raw from Phoenix, Arizona. Four major things, four major uh, situations happened on this show. Carlito made his Raw debut by defeating Shelton Benjamin to capture the Intercontinental title, similar to when he defeated John Cena at his SmackDown debut in October of 2004 to win the U.S. title. Carlito held the title for three straight months until dropping it to the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Also, Muhammad Hassan's winning streak ended when John Cena retained the WWE title over him. This is the first time since March of 2004 that the WWE title was defended on Raw. Also, Edge and Lita had a wedding. Let's just say, of course, went wrong. As they were, as they were in the middle of the wedding, Matt Hardy's music played in the hopes that fans would see him, but it turned out to be a scam all along. As they were getting to the end, however, Kane broke through the canvas, similar to what The Undertaker did to Diesel at In Your House in February 1996, when he battled Bret Hart for the title in a steel cage match. The wedding disaster continued when Kane tombstoned the priest. Also, it's the ninth WWE wedding ceremony ever, as far as the wedding disaster goes. It's also the fifth time that a wedding went wrong. Needless to say, there wouldn't be a raw wedding until July of 2012, when Daniel Bryan was left at the altar by A.J. Lee as McMahon appointed A.J. as the new raw general manager. The next time WWE held a wedding would be in September of 2007, was when Theodore Long was set to marry Crystal until Long suffered a KFAB heart attack. And also, this featured Kurt Angle's first match on the Raw roster since March of 2002, when he teamed up with Triple H to take on Batista and Shawn Michaels in a tag team match. Twelve years ago today, which was put at 2007, both Ron Killings, of course you now know him as R-Truth, and Conan walk out on TNA. Conan missed an appearance as he had been vocal about being unhappy with the match. Also, TNA refused to help pay for his kidney transplant. 
After being released, he had successful kidney plans, transplant, transplant surgery. In July, he sued TNA for racial discrimination in March of 2008. Killings, of course, like I said, are true. Also requested his release for TNA following some anniversary to go to AAA. A TNA simply refused. However, he stayed with TNA for the rest of the year, teaming up with Adam Patman Jones. He won the TNA tag team titles in September of 07 over Sting and Kurt Angle. Killings would eventually be released and would head back to the WWE in 2008, where he had moderate success down, of course, winning the WWE tag team titles with Kofi Kingston, becoming a two-time United States champion, and, of course, more recently hold, winning the 24-7 title, of course, until losing it to, I think, recently, I think, uh, Drake Maverick. Nine years ago today, so in 2010, WWE presented Fatal Four Way from the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. About 10,000 were in attendance, with 143,000 homes watching on pay per view. That's down from 178,000 for the June 2009 event, The Bash. The show's hook consisted of Fatal Four Way matches, but it was criticized from its early conclusion, finishing about half an hour before its runtime expired. In a dark match, Zack Ryder defeated MVP. Kofi Kingston defeated Drew McIntyre to retain the IC title. Alicia Fox defeated Eve, Gail Kim, and Maurice in a fatal four-way match to win the Divas title. Evan Bourne create, uh, defeated Chris Jericho. Rey Mysterio defeated Jack Swagger, Big Show, and CM Punk to regain the World Heavyweight title. Originally, it was scheduled to be The Undertaker in the match after he defeated Mysterio to advance the fatal four-way match. But Undertaker was found in a vegetative state by his brother, by his brother Kane, forcing Mysterio to win a battle royal, taking the Phenom's place. In reality, Undertaker suffered an orbital bone injury in the match with Mysterio, and where Mysterio busted his nose. In the middle of the match, Kane came out to attack Punk and tried to put him in a casket, but Punk ran off. The Miz defeated R-Truth to retain the United States title. The Hard Dynasty, Tyson Kidd, David Hart Smith, and Natalya defeated the Usos, of course, Jimmy and Jay, and also Tamina. And in the main event, Sheamus won the WWE title in a fatal four-way match, defeating Edge, John Cena, and Randy Orton with help from the Nexus. And this is, the, of course, the debut of all the members of the Nexus. Eight years ago today, put it at 2011, <clears throat> on Raw from Baltimore, Maryland, Kelly Kelly defeated Brie Bella to win the Divas title. The same night, Punk, who had just defeated Alberto Del Rio with Rey Mysterio in a triple threat number one contender's false count anywhere match, announces that his contract with WWE ends at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view the next month. And he intended to leave as the WWE champion. <clears throat> Punk does, does follow through on his promise, but doesn't stick, but it doesn't stick as he returns eight days after the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Seven years ago today, put it at 2012, TNA sued Scott Steiner for a breach of contract after Steiner made remarks on his Twitter account. The breach comes from a contract Steiner signed in December of 2010 that forbidden him from making some public statements about TNA without prior knowledge. Steiner would counter sue, but the company would counter sue the company, but he rescinded the suit. Also on that same day. Matt Stryker's contract would not be renewed from the WWE, and he would be released from the company. Stryker debuted in the WWE in 2005, battling Kurt Angle, as national media picked up his story when he worked as a teacher. He used some of his personal days to wrestle in Japan. 
He spent all of his eight years becoming a wrestler, managing Mark Henry and Big Daddy. Stryker became a commentator, announcer, DVD host, backstage interviewer, house show host, NXT host, and working in a gorilla position at TV tapings. Three years ago today, we put it at 2016 on Raw. Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins fight to a no contest for the number one contendership. This is Roman's last match on Raw for a while as he was suspended for violating the wellness policy until making his return at Battleground. Two years ago today, put it at 2017 on SmackDown, Daniel Bryan returns as the general manager after he and his wife, Bree, had a baby named Birdie. He does a smart move by relinquishing Carmella of her Money in the Bank briefcase and announcing a women's Money in the Bank ladder match for next week's show. Today is a happy 33rd birthday to Jessica Havoc. Now that she's currently addressing TNA. Speaking of TNA, happy 56th birthday to TNA commentator Don West. Also a happy 62nd birthday to WWE Hall of Famer Coco Beware. And here is some history on Coco. In Coco's early years, he spent his early days in the wrestling in wrestling sport, of course, in the mid wrestling in the Mid-South. Also Georgia and other NWA territories. Early in his career, he didn't find great success, learned the ropes and paying his dues in Jerry Jarrett, CWA, and Nick Gulas's territory, of course, in the South as well. It was in the late 1980 that his fortunes changed where he, where he won the American television title in a battle royal match, last eliminating future WWE WWF superstar Danny Davis. Of course, there's also a referee there as well. After the match, Jimmy Valiant attacked Coco Beware and beat him down. Ware's feud with Valiant was quickly expanded to include the heel Tojo Yamamoto and, and Coco's ally Tommy Rich. When Dutch Mantel returned to the CWA in 1981, he took the TV title over Coco Beware, making Ware's first run with the gold a short one. Ware went back to the to the bomb until September 1981, where he refereed a seventh seven heavyweight title match. <clears throat> Between Jerry Lawler and the Dream Machine, Ware counted Lawler out to give the Dream Machine the victory, turning Coco in the process. He quickly aligned with Jimmy Hart and his first family and changed his, changed his name to Sweet Brown Sugar. But that did not work out very well. He did, however, taste tag team success alongside Steve Kern and with Bobby Eaton as he and Eaton won the AWA Southern Tag Team titles. After teaming up for a while, Sugar and Eaton at the sides showed signs of dissension. During their last run with the tag team title, Eaton beat Jacques Rougeau, of course, the Mountie. Of course, JD's not here, so we don't have to hear that. Um, for the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight title. During an interview, Eaton and Hart bragged about the victory, but Sugar complained that he was unable to beat Terry Taylor for the Southern title. After being fed up, Hart slapped him and sent him back to the dressing room. Eaton and Sugar had some grudge matches where Eaton defeated Sugar in a Loser Leaves Town match. But unfortunately, Sugar would return as Stagger Lee. Bobby Eaton then turned face, and the two would embroil as a tag team. During a tag team tournament in 1983, Stagger Lee removed his mask to reveal that he was Coco Beware all this time. And Ware turned heel in the process, teaming with Norvell Austin as the Pretty Young Thugs. The team would win the AWA Southern Tag Team titles in February 1984, and they would drop the titles two weeks later. In February 1985, one year later, however, they won the NWA Florida United States Tag Team titles. Two weeks later, on March 5th, 1985, they dropped the titles to the Youngbloods. 
After that, they returned to the CWA and captured the AWA Southern Tag Team titles twice. Afterwards, Coco moved to the UWF, where he started calling himself Coco Beware. Morris' persona was a face who entered the ring to the theme of Morris Day's The Bird. In 1986, he went on to sign with the WWF, where he continued his Birdman persona as a fan favorite. Ware wrestled his first match teaming up with Paul Roma against the Hart Foundation on September 6, 1986, but unfortunately lost the match. The day after that, he won his first match. Ware also had a mascot. This is, of course, known as Frankie. We sat on a perch at ringside while he wrestled. Ware got his first big win of his initial career where he defeated Harley Race at a live event on October 13, 1986, and also defeated Nikolai Volkov on November 29, 1986. He would receive an Intercontinental title match with Randy Savage on November 16, 1986. Although he did win the match by countout, he would not win the title. On March 29, 1987, at WrestleMania 3, he made his first WrestleMania appearance in a losing effort to Butch Reed. Of course, I think he had help from Slick in that, if I remember correctly. He would be on the losing end against established stars, where did the pile driver song in 1987 and where he filmed the music video alongside Don Morocco, Hulk Hogan, Vince McMahon, and others. Where would fall victim when he came up against established stars and also lost with a big boss man at SummerSlam 88 in Bossman's first WWF pay-per-view match. Later that year, Ware competed in the main event of the 1988 Survivor Series as part of Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage's team against Teddy Biasi's team. Although he was eliminated in the match, his team still won the match. Ware would be fired in 1989 for getting into a confrontation with Jim Troy. Troy used racial slurs during an argument after which the dispute turned physical. Ware would be rehired a month later when Troy resigned. But his problems of winning continued at the 1990 Royal Rumble. He was the first man eliminated and also lost the first match at WrestleMania 6. On November 22, 1990, he teamed up with the Harp Foundation and Dusty Rose of Survivor Series to take on Ted DiBiase, Greg Valentine, the Honky Tonk Man, and the debuting Undertaker. And, and Coco Beware would be the first victim to receive a tombstone pile driver by the Undertaker. In 1992, Coco would get some success back teaming up. Excuse me for just one second. In 1992, Hulk, Coco would get some success back, teaming up with Owen Hart as a tag team. They had a little bit of success, but the team disbanded after the Head Shrinkers defeated them at the Survivor Series. In 1993, he was the first man to wrestle on Monday Night Raw against Yokozuna, and where Yokozuna squashed him, Coco would go back into singles competition and made appearances in the USWA as part of a talent exchange program with the WWF. He wrestled in the promotion through the remainder of the year. Coco returned to the WWF in 1994, and where he took on Jeff Jarrett, but he would lose the match. Uh, sorry about that. However, he got a win over Bastion Booger on, on April 16, 1994, at WWF Mania, and also would continue with three more wins over the Genius in 94 before leaving the WWF in 1994. Coco was, was more successful in, US, in the USWA more than he was in the WWF. 
Coco won the USWA World Heavyweight title twice with Kamala and Jerry Lawler and hooked up with Rex Hargrove to win the USWA <clears throat> uh, tag team titles one, one, one time. He competed in the USWA before his retirement in 1995. After leaving the WWF, Coco made a few appearances from the, for the AWF but didn't become a regular until before going into semi-retirement in 1995. In 1999, Coco returned to the WWF for a brief stint where he put on the blue blazer mask during the Owen Hart angle. Well, of course, when Hart died on May 23rd, 1999 in Kansas City, where services, of course, was no longer required. Coco would compete in 2003 for the Memphis Wrestling Promotion. He also competed at the World Wrestling Legends pay-per-view on March 5th, 2000. And six defeating the Disco Inferno. He would appear at WWE on, on WWE on in 2005, engaging in a feud with Rob Conway. He would be defeated by Conway on October 28, 2005. Hooker would make some special appearances that he made. He made his first TNA debut in 2008 as a groomsman. In the wedding for Jay Lethal and SoCal Val, along with George Steele, Kamala, and Jake Roberts. In 2009, despite not getting any success in WWE, Coco would be inducted into the Hall of Fame by his rival from 1987, the Honky Tonk Man. Coco last wrestled on July 28, 2018, teaming up with Black Cat Jackson in a winning effort at the E at the E in the EWF. And John says that's all he's got for the history and birthdays here for today. Uh, so, uh, John, thank you very much there indeed. And also, we do thank JD, of course, once again for the rest of the news and views here. And he'll be popping on here for us momentarily. But, <clears throat> and before we do so, let's go ahead and, uh, of course, bring you this one more time 1605 562 0444. Call ID 138 This is episode 208 of NWO Wolfpack for Thursday, June 20th, 2019. Mr. WS, Chad Hinshaw, of course, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, and the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, here with you here tonight. Uh, now, I do see, I think we do have the Iceman returning here. Uh, let's welcome the Iceman back here. Of course, he had a brief phone call he had to take care of, so he's back out here with us. And I think JD was going to leave us off here with, of course, a list of what's going on so far in graphs. So, uh, JD, sir, please go on right ahead. Uh, yes, hold on a second. I'll tell you in a minute here. Hold on a second. Yeah. Before we do that, hold on a second. I can tell you that earlier this week, however, Nikki and Brie Bella, however, both on the Tonight Show this week, however, with Jimmy Fallon, however, and uh, there's talk, however, in just a second, I'll tell you right now. In fact, however, it says here, Nikki Bella's in-ring days are over, but that doesn't mean we've seen the last of Brie Bella. As noted earlier, she was on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and said that her neck issues and a cyst on her brain mean she can never step in the ring again. Bree noted that she hasn't wrestled because she was busy being a mom, but Nikki indicated on Twitter that she could come back to team with Daniel Bryan. In response to a question from a fan, however, mind you, Nikki said her sister could return to the ring and suggested that her and her husband, Daniel Bryan, could take on the power couple of Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. For what it's worth, Bree announced her in-ring and retirement a few months ago in Total Bells. But, quote, never say never is the often-repeated phrase in wrestling, so anything's possible. If the match happens, it will most likely not be at WrestleMania because WWE already has plans for us to be in a big singles match next year at Mania 36 in Tampa. On a related note, they gave their thoughts on Rollins and Lynch's relationship when we caught up with them in New York City. Here's part of the video that they had to say about that. No. 
I got a car across the street just so you guys don't get wet. Ladies and gentlemen, real quick, it's finally official. Uh, another WWE relationship has hit off. Seth Rollins is now official. Is, is, yeah. Is, I mean, are you? A, I think Seth and Becky are so. Becky and Becky. I mean, what's your we, advice to them? It's the people that have been involved in relationships. What's the? What's the? How do you keep a strong relationship in the WWE? You know, as far as dating wise. I mean. I guess just take it day by day and just do whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Are they a cute couple or what? what do you oh, think? they're horrible. How are you doing? Could it happen? I'm doing good. Are you doing good? Are you yeah. so, totally exclusive now or what? No. Uh, no. So you're still, I mean, you're, I don't know. Still seeing? I hear you. But one last thing. You, John's girl. Are you, what do you think about John? Have you oh, talked to him? She seems amazing. That's good. Yeah. Hey, baby. And that was on Monday, I think, I guess, when they said something, however, about her, however, mind you, however, maybe it was yesterday. And uh, we're trying to find out more story here. So bear with us here, folks. We're trying to get a lot done here. Uh, here, uh, like I said here. All right, here. Hold on a second. I did see something here. So bear with us here. We're like I said, uh, like I said, okay, here we go. Like I said, we're on, we're going to go through the top ten very quickly. How we already told you about Baird from four. DeAndre Hunter went, of course, to the Lakers. How in a proposed trade to Atlanta. Five, the Cleveland Cavaliers took Darius Garland, the point guard from Vanderbilt. The Suns took Jared Culver from Texas Tech, the defending runners-up of the Big 12, however, in a proposed trade to Minnesota. The Bulls took Kobe White from North Carolina, number seven. Jackson Hayes, the center from Texas, in a proposed trade. However, goes from Atlanta to New Orleans. Rui H. from Gonzaga from Japan goes from to the Wizards. And Cameron from Duke, however, goes to the Hawks. Waddle and Cameron Johnson, Western PA native. Cameron Johnson, formerly of the University of Pittsburgh and North Carolina, will be heading from Minnesota to Phoenix. P.J. Washington goes from Kentucky to the Hornets at 12. Tyler Hero, 13, however, goes to the Heat. Romeo Langford from Indiana, small guard, however, from Indiana to Boston. Guy from France goes to the Pistons at 15. The Magic at 16. Take a, a power forward from Auburn. Chuma, okay. And then the Nets at 17. And proposed chase to New Orleans goes with Alexander Walker, small guard from Virginia Tech. So those are your 17 guys so far that have been drafted up to now, we're at 25 hours, still in the first round, but those are just 17 of the names that have been drafted tonight, but the Pelicans, like I said, guys, however, have been very, very busy the last week or so, however, and even before that, when they uh, won the number one spot prior to the draft, however, but over the last week or so, they've been making some big, loud noise, however, the last week or so, however, and they continue to make noise here again tonight. Thank you very much there, J.D., of course, with that update, of course, on the NBA draft. And of course, we look forward to seeing what these what these great the great college standouts will end up doing in the NBA. Well, here the first three, the first the first three look pretty good though. First three look good. I mean, you got uh, two of the best. I think they're all freshmen, however, and they're pretty good. And we might be seeing another North Carolina board guy off the board possibly soon. Our Mr. Nasir Little, who could be heading to Portland at 25. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me, thank you very much. Yeah, that's exactly oh, and right. one last side note. Congratulations to the U.S. women's soccer team who shut out Sweden today 2-0. Or I think it was 2-0 or 3-0, if I'm not mistaken. They will play Spain on Monday. 
So they hit Sweden right in their meatballs. Ladies and gentlemen, just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, at least I didn't have any noodles. Hey, okay, all right. Anyway. <laughs> all right, now, ladies and gentlemen, now I think uh, now it's time to ask JD the all-important question, and I do mean the all-important question. Yes, I'm ready to go. Uh, okay, well, I, I guess I don't need to. No, it was two nothing. I was right. It was two nothing. So they won today. Yes. Two nothing. Okay, very good. Thank another you. The uh, like another uh, soccer news. However, we're going to tell you real quick. However, what happened today in World Cup action? Cameroon beat New Zealand two to one. However, Netherlands beat Canada two to one. Chile beat Thailand two nothing. Costa Rica, however, won. Uh, I I think. They're playing like I'm not sure if they're playing now or whatever, however, but yeah. yeah. Those are just some of the games there, however. Now tomorrow in World Cup action we will see El Salvador, however, take on Jamaica. Honduras will take on Curaco. On Saturday it will be Germany, Nigeria, followed by Norway and Australia. Panama playing in the US, however, I guess will be playing Trinidad and Tobago, believe it or not, on Saturday night. So there you go, folks. Some big games coming up. Like I said, I think the real thing is, however, is like, I think, however, yeah, for the Women's World Cup, however, it'll be uh, at noon, like I said, however, but I think in the Gold Cup, the Concord, or C-O-N-C-A-C-A-F Gold Cup, they will be playing, however, like I said, Tobago, but like I said, I think their next game, I can't tell if it's either Saturday night at 8 o'clock and it's Trinidad and Tobago, however, yeah, two, two, Bago, or whatever you want to call it. But I do know they play Spain on Monday. Thank you there, J.D., of course, for that. And J.D. did say he was hot and ready to pop your folks, ladies and gentlemen, of course, on that last night. So we're going to go ahead and get right on into that. Let's go ahead and give you, of course, a, this is a special WWS Radio Network exclusive, I should say. As the Iceman, Jared Geromo, of course, as always, is not afraid there, folks to, of course, express his opinions about what always takes place every week, of course, regardless if it's a Monday Night Raw, if it's a SmackDown Live, if it's any event whatsoever, of course, he is going to chew the fat and, and as probably as tough as any piece of steak you can ever stick in stick into your mouth. And, of course, I remember I said steak. By the way, just not... like you know, Brad Hart will be starting with Corey Feldman in a new horror movie, believe it or not, entitled Tales from the Dead Zone, believe it or not, and it'll be released in 2020. Okay. It's a throwback to movies like Creep Show, Tales from the Crypt, and Pulp Fiction. Okay, thank you there, JD. And of course, uh, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Here, as I said, here here comes the Iceman, Jeremy Garamo, of course, with of course a special edition of his of of course his SmackDown Outlook on the course of WWS. And to let right you know, there. yes, this year Little is now going from North Carolina to Portland. So congratulations to our North Carolina boy off the board. As he heads okay. out to Portland, well, you know, and his parents are in the military, so uh, he heads to the Pacific Northwest. So uh, Duke and North Carolina having a pretty good night at the draft. Anyway, last Tuesday night, or just two nights ago, we were in Ontario, California at the Citizens Business Banks Arena. And, of course, who started out the show but the New Day? Unfortunately, however, who decides to ruin the moment, however, and try to stop, however, the New Day in their track? But crybaby himself, dickbag, douchebag, whiny little, uh, uh, the piece of, uh, let's just say, uh, like I said, the dickbag and douchebag, that is Dolph Ziggler. 
Dolph says that Kofi would have had to go back to God on an apology to tell all his kids, the family, and the fans that he would have to defend the title by himself that he failed, however. He said something else will be slamming him and grinding his face into the steel, and it will be him kicking, by and taking names, and most importantly, it will be him. But like I said, he said Kofi would have to go back to God and Wood said they like to keep things fresh, while Biggie said that reminded of a pitch he for the second hour SmackDown called the Freaky Hour, which involves a slip and slide. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, <laughs> Kofi replied that Dolph was talking to him about cages like he didn't know when his run at the title began at Elimination Chamber. He said it was good with him whether he climbed over the top or him so hard with trouble in Paris that he merely rocked his way out the door. He remained champion. He then also told Dolph he had been better prepared for time because his boy Xavier was just ready to pop him in the mouth just like he did at Super Showdown. And like I said, Kofi said it was good with him whether he climbed over the top. Or hit him so hard with trouble partners that he would that he merely rocked his way out the door, he would remain champion. Yeah. Ziggler said he had not forgotten about Xavier and after tonight he would never be able to help him again. But as far as Sunday goes, everything he's pretending to be will become crumbling down when he's locked in a steel cage with him. Dolph said something else he will no longer be the champion because it should have been him all along and on Sunday it'll be him. Yeah, Dolph, keep wanting to act like a crybaby jackass, dickbag, douchebag, however saying it should be all about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you really deserve another opportunity to go after that championship power, and you deserve it, however. Anyway, our first match of the night was Dolph Ziggler versus Xavier, and of course Dolph won with the super kick afterwards. However, mind you, we then saw what happened backstage when the B-team, yes, the boring, bland, B-boring, sucking team, as boring and just absolutely, totally, uh, absolutely... Totally uh, bland, however, over there with Sheldon Benjamin, the gold standard, shown was also back there, shown interviewing various superstars for the job of referee on Sunday. Matt Hardy, Benjamin, the B-team were shown. B-team thought it would be a great opportunity, but Sheldon said he was simply using the person he chose, however. Okay. Next, Mickey was talking to Bailey, who's up, of course, coming up with a moment of bliss, however, as we go to commercial. Then, of course, we go to John's girl, arrogant Alexa, bitch-ass blonde bimbo bliss who was also announced to be in Alexa's corner at Stomping Grounds. Alexa did her coffee game and Bailey walked out on her own with her own in a sparkly cup. Bailey started off wanting to apologize, but Alexa snapped her and asked if she wanted to apologize to her or Nikki for costing her a women's tag team title shot. Yeah, Alexa, like she says, she's going to say sorry to your sorry ass face. Mm-hmm, keep dreaming that. Bailey says she knows that Alexa's been talking behind her back and challenged her not to say what, challenged her to say what she wants to say to her face. Alexa says, Howard says, she's not afraid, and she said, Bailey's not a hugger, she's a liar, and she's not who she portrays herself as. Okay, Alexa, like, you're any perfect too, you stupid little blonde-ass bitch. She also then talked about a story of how she came to WWE and nobody liked her, so she tried to be the nice girl that Bailey pretended to be, and even Bailey rejected her. Mm Mm-hmm, keep telling yourself that there, Alexa, keep telling yourself that one. Anyway, Bailey said she was in scenarios that never happened, that she never lied to her. She said that Alexa was doing to Nikki what she had done before to Mickey and Nia. She only said that what Alexa didn't want to hear and that she's a princess who feels entitled that she does, that doesn't deserve anything. Alexa fired back and said Bailey was herself because she doesn't go out to and emulate her heroes and that she has a natural gift. Yeah, you have a natural gift, all right, by having Corey Graves kiss your ass every week. She said then Bailey peaked in NXT and she's upset that Alexa is having the career she was supposed to have. Alexa called a place on the person she wanted to be, however, said the person she wanted to be would take her championship on Sunday. From there, Nikki pulls Bailey off Alexa only for Alexa to take out Bailey from behind. Nikki was not impressed by Alexa's shenanigans, which of course led us, however, to an interesting encounter later on. 
Then we go to the B team taking on Heavy Machinery, and this, of course, was absolutely boring. These four guys just absolutely boring to no end. The B team, instead of boring and bland, how it should stand for absolutely bastardization and totally, uh, I know you know the good B word to describe the B team. Oh, yeah. Bullish and, uh, let's see, uh, they are, uh, boring, bland, and, uh, totally, uh, another good what? B word. What's another good? What's, what's the word? I said butch. Butch. Yeah, because all we have to, yeah, because every week we, I mean, this is the first time in a while we've had to put up with the antics of Curtis, Arrogant, Axel, and his boyfriend, if you will, of course, Bo, go away, Dallas, however, if you the Bo Lever, however. And what happens? Oh, yeah, Otis and Tucker are the somewhat uh, train wreck that is uh, Tucker, and, of course, the overhyped and overrated Otis, however, here to take on the Boing Bland B team. And what happens, like I said, Heavy Machinery ends up winning. Afterwards, of course, we find out later that Heavy Machinery will be challenging uh, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan to a tag team match coming up this Sunday, however, on stomping grounds for the SmackDown tag team titles. Ask me if I'm excited. Just ask me, guys, if I'm really excited. Am I excited by this? Can you tell I'm really happy about this match? No, I'm not. I think it's absolutely weak. I think it's stupid. I think it's weak. I think it's just absolutely beyond idiocy, if you ask me. Then Seth Rollins comes out and starts being down the B team, however, and of course, however, who shows up after that, however? Yes, folks, the so-called best in the world, however, pussy boy himself, Silver Spoon, little uh, moron, Shane McMahon, and his two boys, friends, if you will, Kevin Ogre Owens and overhyped Owens, and of course, the slime bag himself, Mr. Ole Ole Ole, however, none other than the critics, the somewhat, uh, I forget what they call them, the critics, however, the uh, masses, the, mass, the uh, people, uh, something of the uh, something of the critics, however. But yes, we're having to put up with Mr. Ole 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 himself, none other than the so-called little piece of, uh, let's just say, uh, I can't describe his e-word sign, Sammy. But all I can say about Sammy is, however, once again, however, it just goes to show you he continues to support. His uh, two boyfriends, if you will, the overhyped Kevin Owens, the ogre himself, and of course the so-called best in the world, however, none other than Silver Spoon, a little, uh, let's just say, uh, slime bag Shane McMahon. As a result, Owens and Shane approach Shane and tell him about Rollins and demand that they do something about him, however, as they act like little kids tattling on the principal, however, in this case being Shane. As a result, they call Seth Rollins and Kofi bad people, and Shane's answer to them is that tonight, however, he'll book them in a two-out-of-three falls match against, however, Sammy and KO later on. Oh, goody. Once again, we have to have a two-out-of-three falls match, however, with uh, this whole thing, however. Ask me if I'm real excited about this being our main event time. Just ask me. Am I really excited about this main event? No, I'm not. Because once again, it just goes to show you how bad the booking continues to be when you have an idiot like freaking Runjan Singh, however, fighting the SmackDown writing team, however, by booking this as your main event. Then, of course, we go to a backstage vignette, however, and Alistair Black says that gets, no one has knocked on a door to pick a fight with him. He's also heard the whispers of people talking about how he would never amount to anything and how he was destined for failure. But he knows the future will bring someone to pick a fight, and when it happens, he will change the essence of that man, however. The question is, who is he talking about? Is he talking about Bray Wyatt? Is he talking about Finn Balor? Is he, 
is talking about uh, possibly Drew McIntyre, a guy he had uh, had a run-in with at one time, maybe in NXT. Who? And yet, however, you continue to bury Alex Alistair Black, however, because obviously, however, Vince, you racist bigot, a piece of shit, you have no confidence in him. Yet he was one of your bigger names in NXT somewhat for a good while, however. You have done absolutely jack squat with him, however, ever since slipping with him and Ricochet, or Ricochet, however, who was supposed to be a pretty damn good tag team, however, before Ricochet got transferred to Raw in the shake-up, however. But now, what are you doing with Alistair Black on SmackDown? Oh, that's right. You're pissing all over him every freaking week and burying him to no end because you have nothing for him to do, Howard, except have him sit off onto the side on the sidelines and cut these dark, mysterious, brooding-type, wide-esque promos, if you ask me. Hopefully they do something with Alistair Black soon. But if not, Howard, if I'm Alistair Black, I would do one of two things. Either ask my release, Howard, that way he can go to AEW, possibly, if, in fact, Howard, I want to go there, Howard, even though my wife is still... Uh, managing Antonia C and Almas in NXT uh, was managing Antonia C and Almas in NXT and now on the main roster. Or two, however, I would start uh, maybe putting him up with someone, however, and maybe form a tag team because right now they are absolutely doing nothing with him at this point. Nothing. Then, of course, we go to Shane, of course, uh, in the ring, however, mind you, with his two other boyfriends, if you will, the pimps of human excrement, elephant dung, Elias. And his favorite person, yes, folks, the man who loves to suck his dick every chance he gets, Dick Sucker Drew McIntyre. Shane talks about how Roman ambushed their private function last night. Yeah, he ambushed them, Shane. That's why you continue to proclaim, you 49-year-old hair plugs for men, silver spoon little Muppet boy, however, that you're the best in the world. And that's why you have to have your daddy basically have you... You pucker up to his ass and kiss his ass as well as everyone else's ass in the locker room, including McIntyre's and everyone, by basically burying people to no end. He said that in five days, Drew will take care of the Roman Reigns problem. Drew grabs the mic and says that Roman sucker punched him last night and that Shane wanted him to end Roman's career tonight, however. Yeah, keep telling yourself that. Why don't you just take uh, uh, each other's uh, little uh, grapefruits and play rub and tug with each other, as well as Corey Graves, your other boyfriend, if you will. Then he told him he wanted the best version of Roman Stone because he wanted no excuses when he puts him down. Yeah, he's gonna, you're going to put him down, Drew. Yeah, keep telling yourself that, especially how when you basically find a way to basically blow Shane McMahon and suck off on his daddy's dick as well. From there, The Miz comes off, how and introduces footage of Roman taking out Shane's cronies on Monday night. Shane asked him if he thought that was funny. Miz said it wasn't funny compared to this. And then he showed another video of Shane running from Roman and getting beat down in slow motion. Miz trying to... Uh, just some more footage, but Shane acting like a little bitch, however, threatening to fire everyone in the production truck of Miz continuing to embarrass him that way. Yes, yeah, Shane, it's hard to be, it's, it's, if you're just whining because you don't want to get embarrassed, however, because everyone knows, however, that basically, however, if they did, however, you would, uh, cry like a little girl that you are, however, or a little bitch that you are. Anyway, Miz said that Shane was getting out of control of what he was doing, however, and he would take care of himself. Shane laughs and tells Miz he couldn't do anything with him because he had no power to begin with. He said they would give him an opportunity to fight Elias and Drew in a tag match, but he had to find a partner in the next 10 seconds. Miz sports our truth singing out from underneath the ring and says he was his partner and that Austin Truth are back tonight, which leads us to an elimination tag match. Austin Truth versus McIntyre and Elias, and yes, surprise, surprise, however, if you will, yes, folks, however... Drew McIntyre, however, and his boyfriend, the excrement boy Elias, however, beat Elias 
and or excuse me, our truth and Miz. Afterwards, Howard Shane then picks up Miz Howard and tosses him in our claymore to his boyfriend, Dickhead, or should I say, Dick Sucker drew the piece of human. Uh, 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 Dick Sucker drew McIntyre. They then set up a third and they celebrate their work. Afterwards, Tower Ember, of course, runs into Carmel, was chasing Truth around. She then told Ember to tell Mandy and Tony that they have unfinished business. However, mind you, Tower, she found them, and of course, they were sitting there eating donuts. They said they would not apologize for what happened last week for breaking their her video game. They were just trying to give her a better way to occupy their time. Yeah, keep telling yourself that, Mandy and Sonya, especially you, Mandy, you stupid blonde-ass bitch. She said, of course, she's been dealing with people like them her entire life. Mandy told her to calm down. Meanwhile, Sonya told her to feel free to keep firing her brain, and then Ember went ballistic on her. Sonya, that wasn't too smart to do that, if you ask me. Anyway, referees eventually had to separate them, and of course, they show Seth and Kofi getting ready for the uh, main event. However, from there we go to uh, another segment of the 24-7 shenanigans only. This time, however, Drake Maverick finds himself dressed up as Carmella, however, and surprises him. And as Raw pins him, Mike basically putting his feet on his car, however, and pin him 1-2-3 to win the 27-4-7 title. Drake then jumps in the car and drives off, saying he won the champion that he was getting married. Truth remark that Carmella had told him, ever, told him that she was getting married, and he wondered why he wasn't invited. I mean, as I said before, I want to say again, as far as this 24-7 title thing... Just end this thing already. Please just stop doing this every week. This is a waste of time. This is absolutely embarrassing. This is a joke. When you have C-level suck guys who are barely getting any TV time or hardly any TV time, guys like No Way Jose, Bobby Roode, Eric Young, Drake Maverick, Cedric Alexander, Jinder the Juicehead, Jackass Mahal, or Meatball Mahal, huh? Slimebag Sunel Singh, Samir the Snake Man Singh, and other people going after this title. And yet you're having the same thing over and over again for the last couple of weeks, however, gender and freaking uh, R-Truth going. Now you got a new one with R-Truth and Drake Maverick. I mean, yeah, this was supposed to be a big, big thing, however, when Mick Foley brought this back, if you remember, less than a month ago. How's it been, however, since they brought that back, however? Not very well, I've seen. Not very well at all. It continues to be a bore. It continues to be a waste of time, and it's just an absolute waste of time to just do this over and over again every week. Speaking of waste of time, let's talk about the main event. Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins end up beating these guys, however, and end the show, however, on a somewhat somewhat sour note, if you ask me. Even The reason why I say it was sour is because this whole show was nothing but sour, absolutely uh, full of shit, and absolutely totally uh, full of... Uh, I need another good S word to describe this show, however, besides slimy. Oh, slimy. Slimy, yeah. Slimy and messy. So yeah, once again, WWE, you kind of brought the ball on SmackDown this week. Last week, you did a 1.4 rating. This week, you do a lackluster 1.2. Gee, Vince, you must be really happy. Racist, bigoted, piece of shit, however. You've got to be so happy that you continue to tank your ratings every Tuesday night on USA. And yet, however, as I keep saying every week, however, and I'm going to keep on saying it if you ask me, however, I hope you realize you realize what you're getting yourself into with this new television deal coming up on Fox, however, I'll tell you right now, if you keep doing this, however, they're going to pull your show off the air so fast, however, after being on Fox, it won't even last an entire year. It's only going to last a week or so, maybe a few weeks, before they realize how bad you put on your show because you have stupid idiots running your television show. Guys like Michael Hayes, 
like Runge and Singh, like other people who are writing for the SmackDown brand. So once again, Raw and SmackDown dropped the ball heading into stomping grounds, and it's not going to get any better. It's only going to continue to get worse, and more events and more uh, icebreakers and uh, more anger will be seeking, not only from me, just about everyone on this show, from Michelle to Anne to Gerard to Danny to John to Fonzie to JML to the whole uh, panel way too tough to handle. We'll have more to say, and everyone else in the country will have more to say, just from, not only from our show, but from other shows as well. So, Vince, I hope you realize this, Sonny. You know what you're getting yourself into. You really as big as a piece of shit. Because if you don't, Howard, you're going to be in for the roughest night of your life because there's going to be a lot of people coming for your head. And when it's all said and done, they're going to take out their, uh, let's just say, little grapefruits. Some of them will. Find a way to piss on your lawn and piss on your uh, whole. Uh, Front office, piss in your house, basically piss in your house, and basically everywhere, all over your house and your office, and basically light a match and set the damn thing on fire and let it burn. As they say, burn, baby, burn. They're going to let it burn until there is nothing left. So, Vince, once again, I hope you're happy with what you did this week. You raised this big piece of shit. You just absolutely killed your audience. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, I give this show a point five out of 10. Holy cow. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, JD has struck again. Uh, and and like, as, as JD says, in more ways than one. Uh, we thank you very much, here, JD, of course, for that special edition of SmackDown Icebreaker here. Um, and John, we'll play that before the end of the show. Um, so, uh, he wants, of course, as, as always, John wants to play, wants to hear, of course, the thing from the fish call. Wanda and get ready, folks, however, for this one. Hold on your seats for this one. Saturday, July 6th, the girl who took on Ronda Rousey, Holy Holm, will take on Nunez, however, and what will be a very, very interesting bout in USC. Ooh, I'll be a very good one there indeed. Uh, of course, this is something that John did say here first during JD's icebreaker, of course. And, seeing this is the problem with WWE. WWE every time has a put by Mandy Rose, Drew McIntyre, Elias, Dolph Ziggler, Shane McMahon, Lacey Evans, Lacey Bliss, and Brock Lesnar to the moon while they're burying other superstars like Braun Strowman, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Andrade Cien, Alma, Finn Balor, and others to the side. WWE is just falling by the wayside, the first tracks, and John, of course, he does continue to say this as WWE started when Chris Benoit passed away, and John says he'll keep on saying that. And more of the cracks started, of course, started when CM Punk, John Morrison, Alberto Del Rio, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, Dean Ambrose, Wade Barrett, Ryback, Enzo and Cass, Goldust, Damian Sandow, Jack Swagger, Sasha Banks, uh, AJ Lee, Evanborn, and others all left to find more talent elsewhere because, because Vince didn't believe in them. The writers still continue still do not know still continue to to uh to, of course this continue to of course not realize what they are doing because they are looking at stuff from the WWE network of course everything from wccw from 87 and 88 wcw from 99 to 2000 and of course wwf 1995 and 1996 as well as the attitude era and of course <clears throat> Uh, John, we'll play that here momentarily. I'm, I'm still talking, so we'll play that momentarily. So be patient, Grasshopper. Uh, of course, of course. Also, John said this is why AEW has started making superstars to the top because Double or Nothing made a huge success. What did WWE do on that day? Absolutely nothing. 
Uh, Vince was in his hotel room with Mandy Rose and Lacey Evans. They were having a th- he's having a threesome. Oh my god! <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, Vince is going to learn 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 a lesson, and that lesson is not to make the fans angry. John says he hopes somebody sends a threatening letter to the WWE uh, headquarters. Uh, oh, by now, Jane- by now, I'm, I'm sure you haven't heard how I. I'm sure everyone hasn't heard how I didn't know. Maybe John knew this, and everyone probably didn't know the whole thing. Did you know the difference between what differences between uh, was it uh, Shane, Corey Graves, and of course his boyfriends Elias and uh, like I said Elias and uh, McIntyre all, all four of them all had a circle jerk with each other. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, well, uh, that right there is not really too surprising. So. Uh, and JD, speaking of which, uh, would you mind, please, please, for John's sake, can you please pull up the a hole thing from the fish con wonder? Ah, John, yes, John, yes, John, yes. John, 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 hold on a second, I'll get you in a minute, buddy. John, John is having a cow here. I'm about to go moo here. Actually, he wants the one with the horn sound, so he likes the one with the horn. So, hi, um. I, I guess uh, John okay. is four knees. <laughs> Whoops. Okay. Sorry, John. Thank you very much there. Indeed, JD, okay. And while we... Uh, go ahead there, uh, JD. Hold on, John. Hold on, I'm getting it. Hold on. Ah. Uh, Alright, I'm, I'm doing it. So, John, just give me a minute. Hold on. Okay. Jim will take a, a small breather here while JD does pull this up here at, as a request, of course, of the human supervised machine. Uh, All right, John, there you go. There, there, there it is right there. Thank you very much, there, JD, <clears throat> for, for that there as well. We do appreciate that. And, of course, like I said, from the infamous, of course, uh, movie uh, A Fish Called Wanda, of course, one of Kevin Klein's best roles, of course. All right, and John wants John wants to do his predictions tonight, so we're going to take care of him. We're going to take care of his as well, and then of course, also I will let everybody know about, of course, what was officially decided, of course, as far as the Heartbreak Kid Ponzi and the Empress Anne Marie Rickenbach is concerned. Uh, oh wait a minute, John. Oh wait a minute. Uh, I think we I think we may have, of course, uh, a unique visit here, folks. So. so 
while we wait for while we wait on this here, ladies and gentlemen, let me bring this to you one more time. 1605-562-0444. Call ID 138-521-POUND. This is episode 208 of NWO Wolfpack, of course. This is Thursday, June 20th, 2019. Mr. WS Chad Hinshaw here alongside the Iceman, Jared D. Duolamo, and the Human Suppress Machine, John Gross, who will be joining us here momentarily. Uh, <clears throat> be sure, of course, to join us tomorrow night on a big-time episode of WWS Revolution. Of course, our live video feed will be from ROHUS under honor of the ring. And ladies and gentlemen, in addition to the news and views of history and birthdays tomorrow night, we will, of course, have an all-star prediction roundup, of course, for stomping grounds here <clears throat> uh, for this coming Sunday. Uh, as, of course, J.D. will be making his alongside Danny from Oak Park, and hopefully the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds will also be doing this as well. Uh, so, so that'll be a big-time, big-time uh, uh program here indeed coming up also here of course i hope we hope to have predictions uh, well one three eight zero five five pound coming up tomorrow night from 9 to 11 p.m be sure to listen in for us there and of course i hope to have predictions as well from the psycho jw cannon as well as mr hulkamania bob ziggler hope to get his in uh and, and as well and and of course uh, it's all it's going to be a big time here indeed and of course I will also, as soon as John makes his predictions, I will also be naming off the nine championships that will be, of course, uh, that will be, of course, uh, everyone will have a chance to uh, choose, of course, after the prediction title challenge we over with on Sunday. I will go ahead and let you know that Michelle's son, the next big thing, Caleb Dodds, has opted to stay out of this this time around due to, of course, uh, taking care of some uh, major commitments here this weekend and will not be able to um, make any predictions at all for this Sunday. And that did come from his mother, of course, the Black Widow herself. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah! <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, of course, now join us here on the line. Here, of course, like you said, the first 2016 WWS Hall of Famer. And also part of the Raw Radio broadcast team alongside the Iceman is, of course, the human suplex machine, John Gross. John, we welcome you, sir, to episode 208 of Wolfpack. Good to have you with us. Uh, yeah. Well, the pledge is all mine. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That is doing a great impression of the one and only Macho Man Randy Savage conducted by our own machine here tonight. And now, as John has requested, of course, he is now going to be bringing us his predictions for this coming Sunday's WWE Stomping Grounds pay-per-view. As a, you heard JD just a few moments ago, he will, of course, be uh, he will, of course, make his predictions uh, this coming uh, actually tomorrow night alongside MLD and Danny. So, John, let's go ahead and get your thing care, care of your take care taken care of here. 
course, you will also join the Heartbreak Kid Fonzie in the Empress and Three Rickenbox. As, as folks has already got their predictions in here as well as is locked in. I will go ahead and let you know here, of course, John, JD, that JD will hear this in advance here as well, and I'll mention this again tomorrow night, that there, that everyone could receive an extra point if, like I said, if they correctly predict who is going to be the special guest referee for the Universal title match. And we'll, when we get to that, I'll let you know. Uh, we'll get in the Oh, okay, <laughs> not bad there, John. Excellent, very good. All right, John, here we go. Here, as we go, we talk about got nine matches lined up here for this Sunday. Let us go, of course, according to Wikipedia. Let's go ahead and go and give you the lineup here. First off, we'll talk about the SmackDown women's title match as Bailey defends against Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I like women's wrestling. And oh, macho man, the macho man thinks Bailey is going to win the match. Yeah. Let me see if I can find something. Let me just give me one second here. Uh, don't you just hate it whenever you can't find something that can't? Okay. All right. Next matchup here, of course, uh, we'll talk about the singles bout. With Roman Reigns taking on Drew McIntyre. JD, I mean, John, your thoughts here on this? Oh, yeah. The Munchkin's been watching to Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. And the Munchkin hates wasting the man and Drew McIntyre. Don't. Are handling Roman Reigns. The Munchkin man watched Super Showdown. And let me tell you, Shane cheated. But on, but at dumping ground, yeah, I have faith in Roman Reigns. Damn it! All right, gonna go, gonna go with Roman on that. Okay, all right. Next match yeah. we'll talk about here is the Raw is the Raw Women's Title match. Becky Lynch defending against Lacey Evans. Ooh, yeah. I have to go with the fiery red-headed ginger, Becky Lynch. Yeah. Well, JD, you ought to be honored. You have a seal of approval from the Macho Man. <laughs> Very good. Very good indeed. Okay. Next up here, we'll talk about here. Here's when. Here's what's when going to be very, very interesting. First off, I will mention, of course, the next match I'm referring to is the match for the Universal Championship. Seth Rollins defending the title against Baron Corbin. But hold on, hold your horses. This is a two-parter here. Now here, Mach. So just listen very carefully. In addition to telling me who you think will win this match, you could earn an extra point if you can correctly make a prediction as to who you think the special ref is going to be. Oh, yeah. I don't want Baron Corbin to win the Universal title. Oh, no. Macho Man does not want to see that Pugilist win the Universal Championship. Yeah. I want Seth Rollins to win, but I know Brock Lesnar has that money in the bank briefcase. Yeah, I've been watching Brock Lesnar. And the munch something tells me, and the something tells the muncho man in his gut that Brock Lesnar is going to be the referee. Whoa! So you're, you're predicting that Rollins 
is going to retain. And you're also predicting that Barack is going to be the ref. Yes. Quite, quite fascinating. Mr. Quite fascinating coming from the from the Hall of Famer and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Next up here, of course, we talk about the WWE title match as Kofi Kingston defends once again against Dolph Ziggler. Oh, yeah. Macho Man's been in many cage matches before. And I've wrestled in all of them. I've wrestled in all of them. And I want Kofi to retain Yeah. Okay, going to go with Kofi. Okay. All right. Excellent. Very good. Next matchup we'll talk about here is the match for the United States title. Of course, by earning the victory, of course, I do believe this past week, Smojo now will defend the U.S. title against Ricochet. Mach, your thoughts here, please. Well, I've had my eye on Ricochet a long time. I've watched him climb that top rope. He reminds me of the way I did my flying elbow drop. But I want Ricochet to win because Samojo, he's just a big bad boy, yeah. Okay, Ricochet will re- saying that Ricochet will retain. Okay, very good indeed. Uh, next match here we'll talk about here is a tag team match here pitting Big E and Xavier Woods of the New Day against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh, oh yeah. Well, the Macho Man, the Macho Man is going to have to go as gut and say that Kyle and Zane, and I'm sorry that I have to say this, but the Macho Man thinks that Kyle and Zane will win the match. Okay, yeah. well, okay, all right, all right, gonna go with, gonna go with Kyle and Sammy, all right. Next match up here, the Cruiserweight title match, Tony Nice defending the title in a triple threat match against Akira Tozawa and Drew Gula. Well, the Macho Man has seen a lot of Cruiserweights come and a lot of Cruiserweights go. Yeah, but uh, I like Tony Nese, man. He's going to retain. Okay. Okay, Tony Nese. Okay, all right. Very, very popular indeed. And the final matchup that we'll talk about here will be the SmackDown Tag Team titles as the tag team champions Daniel Bryan and Rowan will defend those belts against Otis and Tucker Heavy Machinery. Well, I knew this was Daniel Bryan's hometown, yeah. And I think Daniel Bryan and Rowan are going to retain, yeah. That's macho, man. Because the macho man, because heavy machinery, they're tough, but I don't think they're ready. Now, I don't like heavy machinery, but I do somehow think Brian and Rowan are going to pull off with a win, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, the way, the way that, of course, that John, the macho man, oh, grows. Oh, 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 what happened? Uh, what just happened? What just happened? <laughs> Was I controlled? 
We had a well, visit, John, from the Hall of Famer, uh, the one and only Macho Man Randy Savage. What? What the heck is going? What the heck? <laughs> I, I got you. Got got you. Yeah. I, I've been. It's a prank. It's all been a prank, guys. Yeah. Well, a very excellent, and very impressive performance, John. Very good there indeed. Well, let's go ahead and. <laughs> Let's go ahead and John, you would really like to say Tony Fonzi and Ann is already as, as three folks already has their predictions in. Let's go I heard that. Do. I heard that earlier. Let's yeah, let's go ahead and make that let's go ahead and let everybody know about who everybody has picked thus far between you yourself, Merrill, and also Fonzi and Ann. In the SmackDown women's title match, John and Ann pick Bailey. Fonzi picks Alexa Bliss. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. John and Ann pick Roman Reigns. Fonzie picks Drew McIntyre. Uh, the Raw the Raw Women's Title match. Everybody yeah, uh, everybody chooses Becky Lynch to retain the Universal Title. Uh, John, you pick Seth Rollins to win to retain, and you also pick Brock Lesnar to be the special guest referee. Fonzie chooses Baron Corbin to win the Universal Title, and he picks. Corey Graves as the special guest ref. And of course he would. And believe it or not, listen to this. She chooses Seth to retain. She but she still feels that EC3 is going to be the special guest referee. Not a chance in hell because Rollins Raw because he's still sleeping from that chair shot. Well, as I was saying, wrestling anything. That's what I. That's what I've been hearing from from a bunch of sources, and they never lie. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I'm not down there, but as I say, anything's possible. That's all we can do is just predict. WWE <laughs> title match, of course, everybody chooses Kofi Kingston. The U.S. title match, John and and Ann choose Ricochet. Fonzie chooses Samoa Joe to retain. Uh, John. John chooses KO and Sami Zayn to win over the New Day, while Fonzie and Ann choose the New Day to win over KO and Sami. The Cruiserweight title match, everybody chooses so far has chosen Tony Meese to retain the Cruiserweight belt. And in the SmackDown tag team title match, John, you pick Daniel Bryan and Rowan to retain, while Fonzie and Ann chooses Heavy Machinery. So, so far, folks, there you have it there. And like I said, we are going to be waiting to hear tomorrow night, of course, from the Iceman, as well as the Black Widow and Friday Night Delight. Uh, also, of course, we'll be, of course, I'll be also be working with Mr. Hulkamania, Bob Ziegler, to get his predictions, and also talking to the psycho J.W. Cannon to get his predictions in here as well. Uh, as I said before, the next big thing, Caleb Dodds will not be will not be uh, taking part in this this time around. Uh, due to, of course, like I said, a prior commitment. So, uh, so there will be nine, of course, nine at nine instead of ten this time for going going for the gold. And speaking of the gold, I bet y'all are wondering what the title belt were for the title belt, the title belt that you can try to win this coming Sunday. Well, let's go ahead and bring those to my, your attention here, ladies and gentlemen. Nine, like I said, nine belts. Of course, all up for grabs right here, and here they are. Uh, so far, I will tell you, seven of the nine belts are under the WWS umbrella, and they are all They are the zero gravity championship, 
the Lone Star Championship, the No Barriers Championship, the Phoenix Championship, the Bellatrix, B-E-L-L-A-T-R-I-X. J.D., I'm sure you've heard of Bellatrix. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, it sounds like that. It sounds like Bellator. What was the first one? Bellatrix. B e l l a t r i x. Message me that thing. What was the first one though? You had the first one though. Hold on. Let me finish reading, and I'll tell you. I, I didn't, I'm not quite understanding your question. Let me read the other ones here. The other two WCW US belts are the South American Championship and the Triple Jeopardy Championship. Ooh, okay. The other two belts, ladies and gentlemen, one of them is a UFC US belt. It is the UFC US Super Fight Championship. Interesting. Okay. And the other one is the FMWS Street Fight Championship. So there you have it right there. Now I think it's I think it's like an overseas it was an overseas promotion, JD. Bellatrix. Bellatrix, I'll look into that. B-E-L-L-A-T-R-I-X. Think of Nikki and Bree eating a bowl of cereal. I mean, that, that, that's, that's what helps me think about it. B-E-L-L-A-T-R-I-X. Well, after the show's done, just message me on my iPhone and let me know. I'll type the word for you, then you can look it up. All right. Okay, so there are the nine belts right there, folks. Y'all can go with that for you. Everybody could possibly choose from, of course, after this coming Sunday. So, like I said, so far I can tell you that the Iceman, the Human Suplex Machine, the Heartbreak Kid, the Empress, the Black Widow, Mr. Hulkamania, the Friday Night Delight, the Style, and the Psycho will be taking part in this, of course, in our prediction title challenge for this Sunday's Stomping Grounds. And it will be a great, I'm sure it will be a great one here indeed. And tomorrow night, J.D., Danny, and... And Michelle will be giving us, giving us their predictions. Plus, like I said, I will be working on getting uh, we'll be working on getting Stephen Kyle's and JW Cannon's uh, predictions here as well. Let's bring in the number one more time here. One six zero one six zero five six two three four four four. Call ID one three eight five two one pound. This is episode 208 of NWO Wolfpack here for Thursday, June 20th, 2019. Mr. WWS, Chad Henshaw, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, and the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, here with you here tonight. I do see that we have three more folks that have joined us on our live video feed tonight from AWA US. Miss Della Sigler, who is an avid, uh, avid, who posts a lot of things on all of our pages here, and I do thank her for doing so. Plus, also, Mr. Bill Canaro, I hope I pronounced that correctly, and also Mr. Matt Han Wells. We do thank them for, of course, uh, coming and popping on here as well. Uh, <clears throat> let, me see, let me see here. Uh, the Macho Man has uh, a little bit of time to go, but the Macho Man thinks Stomping Ground should be an okay pay-per-view. And if WWE doesn't get their act together, I will drop the elbow on them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, the Macho Man returned with one quick announcement there. Uh, any final yeah. thoughts before anything else you wish to say before we close it out for the night? Oh, no. The Macho Man is about to head out of here. But it was nice for me to let you let us let me come into the show. <laughs> but... Yeah, but you know what? 
I will talk to you guys on uh, Monday. Okay, John. Yeah, yeah. What was that, man? I said enjoy stomping grounds if you can. I don't know how I don't know if I can enjoy or not. <laughs> I hear ya. Yeah. All right, Nothing. dude. All right, guys. Hey. See ya. All right. Have a good Friday right. and take care. All right, John. Thank you very much, sir. sir. Right, catch you on flip, on the flip side. Absolutely, of course. As a, as fast as a pancake. There you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, that was, of course, the human suplex machine, John Gross. Of course, masterful impression tonight, I should say, of the mushroom. <laughs> very good there, indeed. Uh, <clears throat> uh, JD, uh, based, of course, uh, uh, based upon what you have heard thus far, uh, um, just a preview. I know you're going to leave your predictions tomorrow night, but I'm going to ask you a yep. quick preview question about this. Uh, depending with the lineup of matches that you've got here, and as I always say, yeah. it's always right now it just looks good on paper. We don't know when, what will happen until these matches take place. Overall, what's what's so far just a a side opinion as to what Stomping Grounds is going to be like on Sunday in your opinion? Not good, not promising, very disastrous. I mean, they're they're lucky they're getting. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the final attendance is, let alone the buy rates and the subscriptions, however, are going to be like, however, you know? Indeed. So, well, I said that will be, of course, this Sunday, of course, ladies and gentlemen, on the WWE Network. Don't forget here, of course, this weekend as well, uh, <clears throat> Power Hour, of course, at uh, 6 o'clock, 141364-pound, as we'll be reviewing all everything that's taking place, of course, this week here in the Radio Network. And plus also, of course, uh, <clears throat> Uh, some rest the rest of history and birthdays for this Saturday, as well as, of course, uh, <clears throat> uh wrestling uh, news tidbits, courtesy of World of the Manias. Be sure to join in for that this Saturday evening at six o'clock. And uh, I'm not sure about a match on Wrestling Championship Challenge, but of course, anything is possible, something could possibly happen. So, we'll let you know about that. Plus, also, don't forget this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, special edition of Revolution, uh, will be taking place at five o'clock. As of course, we'll be making, I'll be, I personally will be making my predictions in for stomping grounds, of course, this Sunday. And uh, we'll uh, we'll try to get some other, we'll try to get a couple more in if we possibly can. And I'll be reviewing what everyone has predicted thus far about overall what it's going to look like here uh, and see if, like I said, if those, if uh, those who did buy, of course, tickets for this thing, will they be disappointed? Or will will or will, will they or will they not be disappointed? It's going to be the overall question here, and we won't know until after we place on Sunday. So it ought to be a very interesting uh, turn of events here, of course. But keep in mind our live video feed this Saturday, this Sunday will be coming from WWS Network News. Be sure to check that out there as well, and we'll get you, of course, information on that tomorrow night, of course, on Revolution. And of course, also don't forget tomorrow night on Revolution. In addition to Predictions, of course, from Michelle, Danny, and JD. I do believe that we also have a match schedule. Now, I'm hoping that, as JD did mention here earlier, MLD was a little bit under the weather, so we're hoping that she'll be she'll be well enough to come on to at least get that predictions in. Uh, she is scheduled, of course, to have the a, the uh, match her match that she, of course, arranged with Danny from NXT Takeover. Uh, for, uh, of course, for the NJPWS uh, Bullet Club title between her and Danny. 
Uh, we will find out, of course, if that will still go down. And, of course, if she is still not well enough to – she may come on long enough to talk and do her predictions. But if she's not still not well enough to, to take care of to take care of that, uh, then we will, of course, do our best to continue to have that, get that match situated here, and we'll keep everybody informed of that, hopefully here really, really soon. Uh, but there will be – and, of course, like I said, throughout the day, We'll also get our predictions in from, of course, uh, Mr. Hulkamania, Bob Ziegler, as well as the style, Stephen Kyle, and also, <clears throat> also of course, the psycho, J.W. Cannon, as, of course, like I said, we'll uh, hope to knock out everybody else's here, and uh, and it'll be a real good, interesting weekend, but, of course, like as J.D. has said here, of course, with everything that's been going on with WWE here lately, it's going to be a surprise if they make it out alive this Sunday. That's pretty much. I think that's pretty much. Kind of, that's pretty much the best thing we can we can say. JD, pretty much is yeah. the fact that because the ticket sales I mean, down, I mean, are way down, and, and just the, 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 the ticket sales are down, and the viewership for this could take a big, big hit, almost as bad as Saudi Arabia. But we will keep up to date, like I said. Now, like I said, again, here are your top ten NBA picks real quick. As we told you, the incredible Hulk of basketball. Like I said, our Zion Williamson, John Moran of Murray State is number two. R.J. Barrett of Duke is three. DeAndre Hunter of the National Champion Virginia Cavaliers, the ACC champs, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, this pick is headed to the Hawks, courtesy of the Pelicans. Thanks to the trade center, not official yet. Darius Garland of Vanderpoint, point guard. Howard Hunter is, of course, a small forward. Jared Culver, Texas Tech, however, who had an unbelievable season, of course, leads to say, however, like I said, drafted by the Suns, of course, because the Timberwolves were the ones to select Culver after an unofficial trade with the Suns. Kobe White, number seven, of course, from North Carolina, goes to the Bulls. Jackson Hayes, however, from Texas, however, will go to the, uh, uh, like I said, the Hawks, but the Pelicans made this pick after a trade with the Hawks. Uh, Rui... Hachimura, however, from Japan, from Gonzaga, goes from Washington State in the Gonzaga Bulldogs, however, Mark View, to the nation's capital, the Washington, D.C. The Atlanta Hawks, however, take Cameron Reddish, however, from Duke at 10. Cameron Johnson, I mentioned already him. P.J. Washington, for you guys, hero. Uh, Romeo Blankford, a small guard, um, S.G. from Indiana, goes to Boston. Uh, like I said, 16. Chuma... Oh, the guy who tore his ACL, however, minds you, however, like I said, however, goes from Auburn to the Magic. Alexander Walker from Virginia Tech goes to the Nets and says here, the Pelicans made this pick as part of a trade with the Hawks, however, mind you, however. Like I said, Alexander Walker, Nick, I'll come back to this in a second, Goga, Bit, Bit, Z, like I said, Pitta, the center from Georgia, went to Indiana. Luca S. of Croatia went to San Antonio. Some guy, however, from Washington, from Boston, from the Clippers by Memphis. How the Sixers traded up with Boston to make this pick, however. Uh, Brandon Clark from Gonzaga goes to Oklahoma City, believe it or not. That should be interesting. Uh, Grant Williams from Tennessee, however, goes to the Celts. Darius uh, Baisley, B-A-Z-L-E-Y. From high school goes to Utah. Ty Jerome from Virginia to Philadelphia. We told you about Little. Dylan Windlear, believe it, W-I-N-D-L-E-R from Belmont, goes to the Cavs. 
guy from Florida State, however, goes to the Nets, however. This pick was made by the Clippers, surprising this guy slipped out of the top 15 or 20, however, believe it or not. Jordan Poole goes from Michigan to Golden State. Uh, Keldon Johnson from Kentucky goes to San Antonio. Kevin Porter, however, Jr. from USC to Milwaukee. The Cavs made this pick trading into the slot. The Nets are on round two, followed by Phoenix, Philadelphia, two picks back-to-back from Cleveland by Orlando, New York, and from Chicago by LA, the next two picks. The Hawks are 35, and then Charlotte by from Washington by Orlando, Denver, and Atlanta, draft 36, followed by Dallas, 37, Chicago from Memphis, 38, the Pelicans again at 39, and then Sacramento from Minnesota by Portland and Cleveland at 40. The last three picks are Golden State, Toronto, and the Sacramento Kings from Milwaukee at 60. So there you go. Those are just some of the names that have gone on the board tonight. Some surprises, yes. Some other surprises, not really, however. But it's been an interesting night at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Sounds sounds like it has indeed there, J.D. We thank you very much. And J.D., I'm sure we'll be watching this one more carefully as we possibly might see more uh, more, more possible surprises, of course, for, uh, the, for, for who will be joining the NBA next year coming up here within the next day or two so we'll be watching out listening on that on that note i do want to thank the iceman jared d Geralmo, and the human suplex machine john gross along with our very special guest the macho man randy savage <laughs> oh yeah uh, oh yeah okay. uh <clears throat> for coming on here tonight of course john getting his predictions in for this sunday summing grounds uh and i would say ladies and gentlemen uh of course, we have nine folks taking part in our prediction title challenge for this Sunday, uh, for this Sunday's event. So far, we do have the human suitcase machine, John Gross, the Heartbreak Kid, Fonzie, and the Empress Anne-Marie Rickenbach already uh, for this Sunday's uh, title challenge. Uh, tomorrow night, the Iceman, as well as, of course, uh, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, and the Friday Night Delight, Danny from Love Park, will be getting their predictions in, of course. I will also, we'll also be talking to the style, Stephen Kyle, and uh, the psycho <coughs> uh, J.W. Cannon. I'm uh, getting their predictions here as well, and we'll keep everybody informed about this as to, of course, what they pick and what they pick, and we'll, of course, go over that, of course, on Sunday. So it will be, like I said, a very monumental here event. And, of course, like I said, uh, and like I said before, uh, the next big thing, Caleb Dodds not being able to take part in it this weekend uh, due to, of course, some prior commitments, of course, ba- based, of course, what we have heard from, of course, his mother, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds. So, uh, <clears throat> so like I said, that's why we have nine, nine belts and, of course, uh, nine folks taking part in this weekend's challenge. And that will be a very interesting one here. But, a coupon, and of course, these folks here, ladies and gentlemen, could earn as much as 10 points. So you never know what could happen here because, of course, like I said, the extra point here for who, if anyone get, guesses the uh, guest referee for the Universal title match on Sunday. So, so far, like I said, and that was some interesting picks. John saying Brock Lesnar could be the special guest rep. Fonzie saying Corey Graves and Ann saying EC3. So, like I said, it all be a very interesting, uh, a very interesting, very, very interesting, of course, like I said, uh, as far as what happens here, of course, <clears throat> on Sunday with this, and we'll have to wait and see what all happens here. Will they be able to pull it out? It'll probably by the skin of their teeth. Uh, but, of course, we'll have to wait and see what happens, of course, on Sunday. 
for the Iceman, Jared D. Girolamo, Suplex Machine, John Gross, and our guest on uh, AWA US History Lives here tonight. This is Mr. WSWS Chad Hinshaw saying thank you very much for listening in here tonight to episode 208 of NWO Wolfpack. A uh, quick couple of quick plugs here, of course. Don't forget our eBay store, Perpetual Uniquity, internet retail for the eternal distinctive individual. Uh, just under 300 items still, of course, for sale. Uh, ever so everything from rock and roll, kiss and other rock and roll memorabilia, men's, women's, and children's clothing, classic Hot Wheels cars, odds and ends, of course, even video games, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, and PSP still up there, still up there for sale. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, DVDs, HD DVDs, and Blu-rays of, of course, your favorite movies and TV series. Of course, uh, movies as well, of course, uh, the action, action adventure, uh, uh, horror, drama, animated, comedy, even some wrestling titles on there as well. You might find some very, very interesting here, folks. So be sure to check all that out here, of course, as Yes, well. I got our wallowing way to close us out, and I'll be right back. Okay, JD. Uh, remember, www.ebay.com forward slash str forward slash perpetual uniquity. Again, like I said, it's an internet retail for the eternally distinctive individual. Be sure, like I said, to check that out here today. Which, of course, we have a link on the WWS Revolution Radio Facebook page. And, of course, for your for those who are, who are avid visitors to eBay, be sure to check out that store there. You will not regret, you will not regret uh, what indeed. <clears throat> so definitely check all that out and also ladies and gentlemen of course a, a new uh, another group facebook group of course started by yours truly mr wws of course of course it is of course of my own personal design uh of course uh, called bulldog dvd sales where currently ladies and gentlemen we have a bunch of dvds of course for sale uh like we said uh, all different titles of course everything ranging uh, but we have th- several lists, of course, of different varieties, everything from like movies to TV series to um, DVDs sports. of a music, uh, sports. Also just added tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have some DVDs of the music variety, different musicians, of course, some concerts and everything like that, at, ranging from Jewel to Nickelback to Aerosmith and even some even a Michael Jackson title is on there too. So be sure to check all that out here. Of course, all of them ranging from $1 to $5. You'll definitely not regret seeing any of those up after tonight. More, of course, will be added on here, of course, really, very, very soon. Be sure to check it out. It is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Bulldog DVD sales. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, all DVDs are, are checked out, of course, thoroughly by yours truly, Mr. WSWS Chad Hinshaw, with, of course, my personal assurance. That all DVDs, of course, are one are, like I said, 100 100% in complete operation. We will not give you anything that is, of course, damaged or messed up. <clears throat> Remember, we take that Bulldog DVD sales. We take the bite out of the cost that you can enjoy your favorite features, indeed. So be sure to check that out here today as well. Wolfpack episode episode 208 is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network. Right here on TalkShoe.com, where we are, of course, four years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. Folks, take care of yourselves and each other. We will 100% see you in the ring. Be sure to join us tomorrow night for our next edition of the WWS Revolution. And as always here in the WWS radio network on TalkShoe.com, God bless everyone. 
and we'll be talk we'll talk to you tomorrow night for what should be a big time evening on revolution tomorrow evening at nine and now ladies and gentlemen since 2015 your source for everything wrestling pop culture and everything in between this is of course the wcws radio network and now ladies and gentlemen here is the Iceman with Wolfpack's closing theme of the night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.